praise, honor, and glory, Heavenly Father, this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning, Lord God, for waking us up, Lord God, to another beautiful, brand new day, Lord God, that you made, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we're so grateful this morning, Lord God, to be in our worship service this morning. We are thankful for everyone, Lord God, that's here this morning, Lord God. We want to thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love and your kindness, Lord God. And we want to thank you, Lord God, for all that you do for us, Heavenly Father. And we couldn't make it through this day, Lord God, without you, Lord God. For you brought us a mighty long way, Heavenly Father. You've been mighty good to us, Lord God, and you take good care of us. Care of us. And we want to bless your holy name and praise your holy name and worship you, Lord God, and worship you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For you are more than worthy, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we're grateful this morning for everything that you do, Lord God. And we thank you for our worship service, Lord God. And we thank you for your presence among us, Lord God. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will have his way, Lord God, this morning, Heavenly Father. That we would not leave the same way we came, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we want to thank you, Lord God, also for the word that's going to go forth this morning, Lord God. Your word, Lord God, that would be that will be a blessing to us, Heavenly Father, Lord God. They will bless us, Lord God, this morning. And, and we thank you for our messenger. We thank you for our Reverend Robinson, Lord God, who's bringing the message this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for your anointing upon him. Thank you for anointing him, Lord God, to teach your gospel, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you for his obedience, Lord God, to the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray that you will guide him this morning and fill his mouth, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your, the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. And we know that you have anointed him and called him, Lord God, to teach your word and to do what you have called for him to do, Lord God. And we also want to thank you for our Pastor Frazier, Lord God, for all that she does. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless, Lord God, the, 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 uh, the woman of God, who is the apple of your eye, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for your blessing and anointing upon her, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless each and every one, Lord God, that's here this morning. And bless each and every family that's represented here this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you're going to do this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for meeting every need, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for healing this morning, Heavenly Father. We thank you for deliverance, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your guidance and direction, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And ask and pray that your will be done, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And ask and pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning for the precious blood of Jesus, the blood that never loses its power, Lord God, the blood that cleanses us and watches us, Lord God, the blood, Lord God, that heals us, Lord God. The blood that saves us, Lord God. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we want to bind up the enemy this morning, Heavenly Father, that the enemy would not have his way this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, there will not be no interruption, Lord God, in our worship service, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that the enemy, Lord God, is defeated, Heavenly Father, and has no power or authority over us, Lord God. So we bind him this morning, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. And we command him, Lord God, to not to interfere in this church, this worship service. And we bind up all the assignment of the enemy, Lord God, against us, against our lives, against our families, against our jobs, against our finances, whatever the case may be, Lord God. We know that we have the victory in Jesus Christ. We know, Lord God, that you're the one who's in control. And we give you the praise, the honor, and glory, Lord God, for all the wonderful things that you do, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray for salvation this morning, Heavenly Father. And we pray that somebody, Lord God, will come online that needs to be saved, will be saved, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And I'm praying, we pray that multitudes around the world, Lord God, will be saved this morning. That people will come from the north, south, east, and west and surrender their lives to, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just want to thank you for all the wonderful things that you do, Lord God. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory this evening. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone say amen. Amen. amen.
My life is not my own. To him I belong. And I just want to thank you, Lord. I mean, that's a good way to start off our service this morning. Thanking the Lord. You know, what I do is, uh, especially when I'm off, I go to the park and I pray. And when I pray at the park, I'm looking up at the sky and I'm looking at these beautiful trees. And, and I thank God because some people can't see. See, we take a lot of things for granted, but do you realize that some people can't see? So on when I when I'm off work or 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 when I after today after service, I'll go to the park and I'll look up into the sky and I thank God for giving me sight to see. I thank God for for the clothes that I got on my back. I take nothing for granted. I thank God. You know, I used to complain when I had no shoes. Until I met that man that had no feet. If you feel what I'm saying. You know, we ask God for everything to enjoy life. But God gives us life to enjoy everything. I hope y'all feel me this morning. Because, you know, that song. That song, I just want to thank you, Lord. See, uh, Sister Monisa always texts me and say, Okay, Rev, uh, uh, what you want this morning is your turn. But I tell her to choose her own. Uh, you know, go ahead and pick because you have been doing a great job. And so she has been hitting it right on the mark because I just want to thank the Lord this morning for allowing me. You know, it's a lot of things I can complain about. But if you really look at it, well, if I really look at it, the good overweighs the ugly. Because, see, I was able to get up this morning and some people didn't. I'm able to look out this window and see these beautiful trees and some people can't. So, my sermon today is also, you know, when I go in the park and I look around, I see these children playing, right? And I see children playing. They be black, white, they be Indian, they be all types of colors, and they just playing, and they don't realize that they're playing with children of all types of color. And they never realize that. They just play, and they enjoy life, and they have fun, and two us adults come in and say, oh, don't play with that one. Or don't do that one. See, these children, when they grow up, they don't know prejudice. These children, when they grow up, they don't know all the things that us adults are teaching them. And I'm not talking about y'all in general. I'm talking about grown folks in general. These kids are not born prejudiced. These kids are not born racist. These kids are not born like uh, uh, they're growing up to be. It's us that's teaching them. And what I want to talk about today is how we're going to leave this world, y'all, to our children. What are we going to leave our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren? What are we going to leave them? I struggle with this sermon. But one thing the pastor taught me is to do what God puts on your heart. To do what God tells you to do. So I struggle with this. I'm like, God, why do you want me to talk about these children? Because these children are our future. And it ain't like it used to be. The way it used to be, if you got in trouble down the street, your mama knew about it. Or your, your uncle or whoever was raising you knew about it before you got home. 
It could be four houses down. They'll get on that telephone with that long cord, and before you get home, that bell will be waiting on you. See, it took a village to raise a child back then, and that's what they did. You can go on one avenue, and by the time you get home, your parents knew what you did. It ain't like that no more. Some of those folks would actually whoop your butt themselves. And then call your parents and tell you, why am I talking about this? Because our children are important. Our great-grandchildren are important. And if you ain't got no children and you got nieces and nephews, and you see that the parents is not instilling the, the, the word of God in them, it's actually, you may not believe this, but it's actually your duty to do so as a Christian. The reason why I'm talking about our children because we're leaving them in a bad place, y'all. We're leaving them in a bad place. When we leave here, what type of legacy are we leaving for our children? So let me get to my sermon. I hope everybody with me today. And, and I feel good about this sermon now because I do what God tell me to do. And in that park, he was telling me something. He was telling me how those children was playing all together, all different races. And then one lady, I kept looking at her and she was looking at her daughter when the, her daughter went to play with the little black child that was on the park in the park. And what she did when her daughter went to play with the little black child, she went over there and grabbed that girl so fast. And I'm like, see, this is what's going on. This is why children learning this mess. Those children were out there having fun. Let me get to my sermon, y'all. Uh, bear with me. Today, I know we coming out of... Uh, um, let me get to my Bible, guys. Bear with me here. All right. So I'm getting, I'm getting uh, used to having all this technology to work correctly for me on Sunday. So uh, today... We're coming out of, uh, um, oh, wow, where are you? Ah, we're coming out of 2 Kings 22 and 1. 2 Kings 22 and 1. And it starts off like this. Josiah, Josiah was eight years old. When he began to reign and he reigned 30 and one years in Jerusalem. Now I'm going to run that by that first part to you again. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign and he reigned 30 and one years. So in other words, this kid became a king of Jerusalem at the age of eight, a third grader, a youngster, a child. So the reason why we're going here, I want, I'm going to skip to uh, uh, 22 and 2. And he did which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the ways of David, his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or the left. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent uh, Saphin and the son of uh, Ezelai and the son of Meshalem, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, and they break down the altars of uh, Balaam, Baal, in his presence and the image that were on high above them. He cut down he cut down and the groves and the craves image and the molting image he breaks into pieces and he made dust and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. So Josiah was a young king. His father died after reigning king for two years. And he was the heir to the king, even though he was eight years old. But it was something about Josiah. Because, see, Josiah was the type of God, I mean, type of king that said, we will worship no other God. We will worship Jehovah only. See, at that time, they was really big on this God of uh, the rain and, and whatever they called him was named Baal. And they had worshipers of Baal all through Jerusalem. And uh, 
it, it was just really that Josiah refused to worship anybody or anything but God. But God. But here's what's weird about this. His father and his grandfather was worshipers of everything else. Baal and whatever else they were worshiping. So it may say in Kings 22 and 2, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the ways of David, his father. In reality, Josiah, King Josiah's father was not David, but he was a descendant of David. Matter of fact, they lived on, on, on Mount Zion where uh, uh, David used to live. So it wasn't his father per se, but he was a descendant. Hosea's father was named Ammon. So we're going to go to Kings uh, 2, 21 and 19. I want y'all to follow me here because I'm going somewhere with this. And, and this is the word that God wanted me to give today. Because see, Josiah, even though he was all for Jehovah, he was all for God, he had a shady background and some shady people behind him. First of all, his dad, his real dad was named Ammon. And uh, 21 and 19 says in 2 Kings, Ammon was 20 and two years old when he began to reign. And his reign in Jerusalem was only two years only two years. It goes down, let's go to 21 and 20. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh did. So this is Josiah's father. Now remember, Josiah was only eight years old. His father worshiped evil. His grandfather worshiped evil. His one grandfather, Messiah, uh, uh, Manassas is his name. He reigned over Jerusalem almost longer than any king. He reigned over Jerusalem for 55 years, many years, but he did things that was not good in God's eyesight. He worshiped false uh, uh, prophets. He worshiped Baal and he worshiped everything. So it goes on to say, uh, and he walked in the way and he walked in all the ways that his father walked in. And he served the idols that his father served and worshiped them. Kings 2, 21 and 22 says, And he forsook the Lord God of his father and walked not in the ways of the Lord. So this is his father. So I'm going to give a brief story on his father. What happened was it was the uh, minister of Baal the God that they worship. When Josiah, a kid, refused to worship Baal, he was a kid at this time. He was only six or seven years old. He refused to worship Baal at all. And so the, the uh, messenger of Baal told Ammon that, hey, your son need to be punished. I want to tell you about this days back then. Back then, they were also sacrificing their own children to a God. They were sacrificing their own children to some type of false God. And so this man was telling Ammon the king that your son needs to be punished for what he's saying about Baal. And Ammon disagreed with that. So this man had him killed. That's why he only reigned for two years. So my point is that Josiah didn't have this background of learning about the Lord and knowing about the Lord because his other grandfather, uh, uh, Adias, I, I barely couldn't find anything on his other grandfather. But Manassas was the grandfather that that reigned for all these years and all he did was evil. He even brought a. Uh, uh, false gods into the temple where everybody worshiped. I hope everybody following me here because this is an interesting story and, I, and I'm trying to get it the way God gave it to me. So Manasseh, he, in other words, I don't know where Josiah as a kid got all his information. I don't know where Josiah as a kid decided that I'm only going to worship Jehovah. I'm only going to worship God. Even though my grandfather, even though my father worshiped 
everything else, I'm just going to worship God. Josiah's great-grandfather was Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah was one that only believed in God as well. Hezekiah, when the uh, Assyrians were taking over and killing everybody and running through towns and, and making their army so big, Hezekiah said, no, we're going to believe in God that the Assyrians are not going to come in here and they're not going to do this and they're not going to do that. His great grandfather believed only in God. And when the Assyrians tried to go and attack his great grandfather, an angel came and killed 180,000 of the Assyrians. Man, that's another story. Y'all can read about that later, King Hezekiah. But Josiah, that's the only person that I can really find. Now, and David, that was connected to him, that he would be so in touch with God. Is anybody following me so far? Because I'm all over the place, y'all. Give me an amen or something. See, the reason why this is exciting, guys, because this is an eight-year-old kid. So when you look at your child, your grandchild, your great-grandchild right now, don't look at them as an eight-year-old. Look at that child as an Obama Look at that child as a Caesar Chavez right now. Don't wait till he do something good. Look at that child as a Kennedy. Look at that child as somebody right now. Don't wait till he does something and then say, oh, maybe that's what he's good at. Look at him right now as somebody because we never know what's going to happen. So these children need to be prepared for whatever's coming up next because we never know what's going to happen. But anyway, let's get back to my story here. I'm all over the place. My favorite part was Josiah was eight years old when he became when he began to reign over Jerusalem as a kid. We already went through that. But I want to get back to his background. Now, Manassas, let's go to uh, 2 Kings 21 and 1. <clears throat> His grandfather, Manasseh, as it says in 21 and 1, Manasseh was 20, 12. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother was uh, uh, Hephazai. And he did what which was evil in the sight of the Lord, alter after the abomination of the heathens whom the Lord cast out, uh, cast out before the children of Israel. For he built up again in the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. And he reared up altars to Baal and made a groove as did Ahab, king of Israel, and worship all hosts of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said in Jerusalem, will I pull thy name? And he forsook the Lord God of his father and walked not in the ways of the Lord. So Josiah's father, Josiah's grandfather, they worship everything but God. They wouldn't do what God, even though Hezekiah had cleaned it up, he had showed that God was the one to worship because of that great army that was defeated. Manasseh, which was Hezekiah's son, did not get the message. He started at 12 years old. So what I'm trying to tell y'all today, and, and, and I don't want to get too deep into that part, but what I'm trying to tell y'all today, it, it's time to start teaching the children right now. It's time to start getting the children to know the Lord. It's time to get the children not to hate, not to uh, 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 dwell on this pandemic, to understand that they need to worship the Lord. I heard the pastor say uh, uh, that she gave Monisa to the Lord at the hospital and, and, and her daughter as a kid. So these are the things that uh, I wish I would have done. Didn't get a chance to do it, but I have a chance to do it now. And also, 
looking at these verses that we just went through, Manasseh, his daddy, uh, Ammon, and, and he wound up being a, a worship of the Lord. In other words, it doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter if you already had a bad childhood, if everything has always been bad. It doesn't matter. As long as you turn your, not turn your head to the left and the right, you worship God. You give God the glory. You give God the praise. Sure, we did some bad things in life. Sure. Yeah, but we can always ask God for forgiveness. God is a forgiving God. You know, just because, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, and uh, I can't think of his name right now, is uh, just because you may have been born in a garage doesn't make you a motor car. Okay? Just because you may have been born uh, in a Catholic family does not make you Catholic. Just because your mama said that you can be a preacher don't make you a preacher, y'all. So what I'm trying to say is whatever you've been through, whatever has happened, this story that I'm trying to put forth, and, and for some reason I don't feel like it's coming out the way God gave me, but this story that I'm trying to put forth today, y'all, is that this young man at eight years old ran a nation. After 18 years, he decided that he was tired of the way the nation run. So uh, uh, tw I'm sorry, 12 years later, which he was 20 years old at that particular time, what he did was he went through all Jerusalem. He destroyed all the Baal items and he destroyed all the false god items. He went to the tombs, right? And he asked his men, what are these tombs? And the men said these were all the Baal ministers and the Baal worshipers. He said, I want you to open those tombs. I want you to take the bones out and I want you to burn them. He would burn the bones of the worshipers. That's how much he was into God. But what I didn't ever get is where did he get it from? What I think and I don't know, I think he got it from his mother. See, they don't say much about his mother at all. All they do is say how bad the grandfather was, the father was. Uh, I had his mother's name on here. His mother's name was Jediah. You won't find much about it. But when I think about it, where did he learn all of this? See, Manasseh's ruled for 55 years. So that means a lot of the words was not given to this young man. A lot of stuff that they didn't know about. Where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? It's still going to be a mystery to me and I'm going to do some research. If you go on YouTube and you look at the movie uh, Josiah, what it's going to say is before Manasseh died, that he, uh, he repented and he taught Josiah all about God. But see, I can't find that in the Bible. So that was just what the movie said. But anyway, and if I if I don't find it in the Bible, I, I can't believe it. So I can't preach it because it ain't in there. But anyway, uh, I'm just going to give this short message today. It's a lot to go to this story. Uh, it's a good story to read. And we need to take care of our children right now. You know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, my uncle, he worked all the time. I was by myself a lot. We had uh, Miss White down the street. She used to see me coming from the store with a, a quart of milk and cookies for breakfast and like, come here, boy, and feed me. Because she knew that my uncle was not around and I was eating junk food for breakfast. The lady across the street, Miss Brewer, she was, uh, she's actually Doc Rivers. I don't know if y'all know Doc Rivers. He's the uh, basketball coach for the Clippers. His, his grandmother used to see me uh, and, and figure I was hungry and they used to feed me. See, that's the way it used to be now. Now when we see a hungry kid on the street, we walk by him. We don't offer them anything. We don't do anything. It's not like the days of old, guys, and we need to go back to the days of old. So I have a couple of children here to work with, but they would not be the only ones that I work with. Because when I see these teenagers suffering, when I see these teenagers to the, to the fact where they're getting bullied 
and they want to commit suicide or hurt themselves or hurt others. When we see this type of stuff, we need to say something. We need to say something because these folks are, are our future. When your grandkids can't spell their names, don't buy them a PlayStation. Don't buy them Forge of War where they can shoot those guns real good, but they can't do math. And see, we see a lot of this going on right now. And it's not all, we can't do everything, but we can do some things. Okay, it's, let's look at our children as Obamas, Kennedys, and, and Chavez's these days. And not just a child that we buy everything for because they want it. You know, if they getting D's, then they don't deserve a, 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 a new PlayStation. That's just the way it is. So why is this message coming out like this? I don't know. I do what God tell me to do, and this is what he told me to do. So all I'm going to say is, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And I just want to thank you, Lord. hope this message was message with for somebody today i'm gonna turn this back over to you pastor and everybody have a blessed day out there praise the lord good message we always need to think about our children and as you said you know we've been saying for years that children are and uh, we get closer and closer to the second coming of the lord and so children not only are our future for right now, but children need to know who Jesus is. And so I always encourage those who have grandchildren, and well, there's their own children. Sometimes we didn't get a chance to do it with our own children, but we need to catch those grandchildren and set them down when they are young, even when they're just learning to talk and tell them about Jesus and lead them in a sinner's prayer. Now, I know in the Catholic Church, uh, people take their babies and have them baptized. But you know one thing, baptism is for someone who can ask for it. And so it's the same with Christ. We ask uh, our God for our children to be saved, but that doesn't save them. They have to ask themselves. And so as his mind can talk, uh, I ask him, do they love Jesus? Do they know and do they want to know Jesus? And of course they say yes, and I'll lead them in a sinner's prayer. <clears throat> and so Monisa got both because I was in the room with my daughter when she was born, and the doctor gave her to me instead of her mother. Her daddy wasn't there. She had a daddy was in the home, but he wasn't there. That's all I'll say about that. But I was in the delivery room with my daughter, and when Lisa was born, she got to gave her to me. And so I lifted her up to the Lord, and I said, God, whatever it is that you want me to do to cause this one to be what you want her to be, you show me, and I'll do it. And I kept my word, but also, as soon as she could talk, I led her to the Lord. And that was with all of my grandchildren, I believe, as soon as they could talk and I was around them, I led them to the Lord because they can say, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. And so that's what I do with mine. So if you didn't get that chance, it's never too late to invite them to know Jesus if they don't know him. And when they're adults, of course, they can say yes or no. But most times, the little ones will say yes. Uh, you know, do you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. And you can have that opportunity. So I think this message is very applicable for me, and I hope it is for you. And that's not only with your own biological <coughs> uh, uh, grandchildren and children. But I have many spiritual children, and 
any children that uh, biologically are not related to me, but God has given them to me spiritually. And so this week, uh, the bread of life baby, I call her, my stepson, had some children. And the woman that had the children by uh, was at bread of life when she gave birth to this little girl. She was actually in Priya Bound. But I had known her from the community even when she was in high school. And so when she gave birth to this little girl, shortly thereafter, because some people did some stuff that they later on regretted, she ended up going to prison while this child was still an arm baby. In other words, she hadn't started walking yet. So God enabled us at Bread of Life with the daycare person for the for free at last, because free at last at that time had a daycare uh, uh, program that they um, that they partnered with. So when the women had the babies and started to go to work, the babies went to Grandma Bell. Grandma Bell was the was the child care person. She was a licensed child care, and uh, so this baby was going to Grandma Bell, and there was a girl there, a young woman, she was a young woman, working there, and she said, Reverend Frazier, if you will help provide diapers and uh, whatever this, this child needs, I'll keep her while her mama's in the prison, and then she won't have to go into foster care. So I readily agreed that we would do that. So she kept her child and we provided I provided her with money for diapers and whatever else this child needed and she kept the child until her mother got out of prison. Today that mother hallelujah thank you that mother is a a, a rehab counselor. She got herself clean and sober and she was there at Bread Alive with us not there anymore. She lives in San Jose, but she's been a rehab counselor now for I'd say at least uh, oh lord, it must be almost uh, 8 or 10 years she's been doing rehab now. This baby that we kept out of foster care just gave birth to a little girl. And so she sent me, I sent her a text saying congratulations and how beautiful the baby was. And she sent me a text back. And she said, I always, always will love you. And I always want you to be in my life. And as soon as I'm able, I'm going to bring the baby to church. Well, I have to tell her that we're doing Zoom right now. But you know what? There's no greater reward than to see those young ones succeed and live a life that is blessed by God. And yeah. so, you know, I'm seeing Sister Sabrina hell wave her hand. I know she does a lot of God mothering. God mothers are those that didn't give birth, but they certainly do their job parents. And that's the word that the Lord gave me out of the scripture. You will have very many children that you will not give birth to. And that has certainly been my life, and I'm blessed for it. <laughs> so with that, I'm not going to preach no more today. Thank you, Reverend, for bringing that word to us, because we all can be God's young. We all can be spiritual mothers and fathers to children who need to know Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so I thank God for you bringing that word. And I thank God this morning that we had an opportunity to be together. And so with that said, I think we're ready to adjourn this morning. But uh, Dr. Carson had a testimony that some of you heard before service. But I, I'm going to let her give that testimony. And then, Reverend, you can uh, dismiss us. Okay. Well, good morning to those I haven't said good morning to. So my testimony was, last week I didn't share, but last Saturday I was in a car accident. And my car was totaled, but I was able to walk away with just the 
bruises and some whiplash. And so um, yesterday, actually a week after the accident happened, the Lord uh, allowed me to get a new car. Amen. Wow, thank Amen. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you this morning. Father God, we thank you for our, our worship service, Father God. And we thank you for each and every one, Father God, that attended today, Father God. And, and those of Bread of Life that didn't, Father God. <clears throat> so, Father God, as we tarry to the rest of our week, Father God, we ask the hedge of protection over each and every one of us, over our families, Father God. And, Father God, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you, Lord. We want to give you all the praise. We want to give you all the glory, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone say amen. Amen. Thank you, Richard. It was a great sermon. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Always God, the Holy Spirit, go back. So thank you.